Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Let's Talk Gardening. Oh God. It is November the fifth, and it's gonna feel like early spring in the for the next that uh, looks like a couple of weeks here. So if you were not able to get your bulbs in or do some of those things that you shot thought you should have got done or you have some shrubs that you purchased that are sitting in the corner that you figured you should get in the ground uh you're still gonna have a bit of time and uh so it's looking pretty good for the next couple weeks and uh today mark trozo our operations manager for Prune it up he's going to join me just around 9 15 or so and we're going to chat about pruning, why to prune, why not to prune, what to prune. And it's kind of interesting. My my son's in Olds College right now, so he got his new – and he's, he's in the arboriculture portion of his course. And uh, it's kind of funny. He's, he's getting all these uh, – we're going through his textbooks last night. And uh, it, was, it was just kind of interesting. A good pruning job is the best thing for a tree. A bad pruning job is the worst thing for a tree. So there's all these sayings through there, why would you prune? Or um, I, I think it's a very well done textbook. And uh, so it was just interesting and it really seemed to captivate um, my son, which I think is good because it has nothing to do with sports. And uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are the Calgary Flames. So for him to, to uh, just be totally into it, um, and I think the textbook has done a good job of how they um, get through to the arborist to communicate. So anyways, kudos to that. And uh, so we're going to chat about a bit of that kind of stuff. Um, elm season is in as well because it is important to prune and to, to look after your trees. It's a big investment. And if done properly, like a 15, 20-foot healthy tree can add a lot of value to your home. And uh, like you said, if uh, we've been involved in quite a few insurance claims where a car or somebody hit a tree or one gets knocked down by mistake or something, and uh, it's amazing what what they can be worth. Or you, We all see those signs once in a while in the older areas where the city tapes a, a banner on the side. If this tree gets taken down, it's $30,000. So anyways, we're, we're going to cover some pruning so if you do want to call and ask mark or myself any questions um we're going to be chatting a little bit about trees today and pruning and some deep root fertilizing and things like that and uh, you can reach us at 403-974-8255 and that is of course the talk and text line i just gotta get my text line up here ah this time change oh yeah and the time change I'm not a big time change person. I kind of like it the way it is where we get a bit more light at the end of the day. But, um, and in the mornings, now it's light a little bit earlier. And for us early risers, it just makes it worse. We're just up earlier as today. Some people are very happy to get another hour to sleep. I just, now I'm up at five o'clock. So, <laughs> so anyways, um, put around, did a few things today and did a couple orders. Ah, getting ready for for the Christmas season, and I got a note from Lisa, the greenhouse store manager, to remind everybody next Saturday 
we have our terrarium course. And I think there's three spots left open in our terrarium workshop. And you can go to the Eventbrite or off our website. There's a link to it. And uh, you can uh, build a terrarium with our team in the, in the tropical greenhouse there. Always fun. Um, the ladies and guys do a great job of that. So, yeah. Anyways, you can uh, look at that. And then, of course, our big Santa event. And we're going to raise... Um, money i believe we're going to do the food bank again this year which is always a good one especially at this time of year unfortunately there's people that are in need of that so we're gonna have that as our charity of choice as we do our santa event and that is the premier santa reindeer event where you actually get a picture with santa and a few of his real reindeer he brings them down he brings usually about six or seven eight of them down and uh so it's pretty cool brings them in for a special day hangs out for pretty much all day so you can see some of them and we we rest one in between so we rotate the the reindeer in between the day and you get to sit in the sleigh with santa and get your picture taken with them so um look for that if you're looking for um, the best Santa reindeer picture you're going to get here in Calgary. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And hopefully we get good weather. And that is December the 9th. Yes. So if you're um, looking for that, again, you can find that on our website and any of our social media um, aspects of the game that we have out there um, between websites, Instagrams, and Facebooks, and all that other fun stuff. So so please uh, look at those. And if you're looking to build a terrarium, that is November the 11th, next Saturday, or December 9th, a visit with Santa. Right now, we're already getting text in, which is great. Um, if you'd like to join me again on the phone lines, 403-974-8255. Hello, Merle. I have an orchid that seems to be infested, which appears to be fungus gnats. We recently changed the potting soil and suspect came in with the mix. Any suggestions on how to get rid of them? Thanks for your help. My husband and I are big fans. Oh, I appreciate that. And uh, I do realize I'm very fortunate um, to have a, I have a pretty pretty solid listener base out there. So um, thanks for everybody for listening and uh, <coughs> participating in the show because it does make it a lot easier when I do get all the phone calls that you guys give me and, and texts and all that. Excuse me. It uh, definitely helps, especially in the slower season when we hit November, December. <laughs> Sometimes uh, um, the old gardening show can get a little bit on the slower side. So we are going to try to set up a bunch of guests and different topics throughout the winter as well. Fungus gnats. We have a product that um, actually I'd love. Uh, I'm not sure. We have a new product that if uh, if if, if you don't mind, I might just text you back. Um, I have a new product I'd just love to give to you to try because it's sort of supposed to be um, – it'll it'll look after fungus gnats. So this seems like a good one to try it on. So if you don't mind, if I text you back just off my cell and uh, if you're able to come in and pick some of this up and try it out, um, I think I'd love to be able to do that. If not, we do have a product called Mosquito – 
dunk and it's a it's a tablet that you mix in your water can and you make like a tea you steep this little uh puck for for a while and it just soaks in you make a tea out of this mosquito dunk and then you water your plants and what it is it's a it kills the larvae of mosquito and fungus gnats and things like that but this other product and we're looking to get in the store i've been trying it out on a few things um with pretty good success so far but i, I will give you a text and see if uh if that works if you're interested in uh in trying this product out for me and uh and be able to give me some feedback i think that would be great and where are we at for time actually probably time to take a quick break actually i'm gonna do this one more text here <laughs> hey Merle, how do you cheer up bluegrass a yard stick <laughs> stick uh, <laughs> that's a good one i like it it's not bad it's not bad for uh for uh <laughs> daylight savings time joke um it's not bad not bad i'll pass it on to the to even to the my friends up at bluegrass and uh and uh see if uh see if they get it or not i'll be seeing a few of those guys um in a couple of weeks a bunch of us go up to we have a green industry show show up in red deer it's kind of the halfway point between Calgary and edmonton so a bunch of us in the business um get up there so have a trade show for for us so um it's good we get to reconnect with a bunch of our colleagues in the industry and chat about gardening and garden centers and grass and trees and all the fun stuff but right now we're going to take a quick break um again if you want to join me after the break phone lines will be wide open 403-974-8255 we're going to have mark trozo from prune it up he's going to be on the line with me right now you're listening to let's talk gardening on qr calgary Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, your year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I believe I have Mark Trozo on the line. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Mark. You there, Mark? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, there you are. Morning. How you doing? Morning. I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Good, good. I, I was kind of laughing to myself a little bit because um, I do like to call you the Italian stallion, and I thought it was very appropriate that Tony played that music, and I didn't ask him to play that music. <laughs> so I thought I thought it was pretty funny that little Rocky Balboa. And, uh, hey, hey, yo, hey, yo, <laughs> yo, yo, you want your tree, trees pruned or what? <laughs> we got you coming. <laughs> All right. Well, we have Mark with us, and. Uh, Mark is a certified ISA um, arborist as well as our operations manager at Prune It Up. And uh, you've had quite a busy season. How, how are the trees looking in Calgary this year in, in comparison to last? Is there anything that you're seeing a bit more um, issues with or, or what's your consensus of, uh, of our tree canopy right now in Calgary? Um, it's, it's been pretty consistent with the same issues. Um, you know the birch leaf miner, uh, elm scale, uh, fire blight has uh, has actually been on a rise um, just because of the heat and drought. Um, canker has has been a bit more present, I think, uh, with columnar aspens and spruce trees. Um, you know, of course, black knot has has always been 
an ongoing struggle uh, here in Calgary. But, uh, you know, I, I think there's been some improvement on um, on the Katoni Asters um, with the oyster shell scale. Uh, I think people are more or less getting on the same page with what we what we have to do in order to treat that. But it's still around, uh, but I think it has slightly improved. Yeah, definitely in the older areas, I'm still seeing some pretty infested, uh, uh, long, like hedges and stuff. And really, on those ones, it's just best to rejuvenate, just take them right down to the ground, eliminate the problem, and uh, do a really good cleanup with those. Yeah, exactly. It's um, kind of hard to process at first because you're, you know, sometimes that might be bordering your property, so it kind of exposes your your backyard and. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit shocking at first, but yeah, it's the best course of action to to get it out of there, do a really good cleanup, and uh, and then have it uh, come come back. Yeah, rejuve, and uh, like I said, I was mentioning um, about um, the pruning book that my son Derek's going through right now in school, and I just I like kind of how they have some of it, um, how they have it set up and the way you read it and there's lots of these good sayings like I, I just mentioned one earlier a good pruning job is the best thing for a tree a bad pruning job is the worst thing for a tree and there's all these and they ask questions why do you why would you prune and and there's mm-hmm. lots of these really good questions throughout the book um I, I just thought it was very good how they how they have it laid out for 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 a, for a lot of the younger people getting into a newer profession and you're up in college and and uh, and getting you into absorbing the trees because in today's society I can see it it's harder we're used to just going to Google or go to wherever to get all your info right and to mm-hmm. sit and study now I I see that making it hard for the younger generation to to do it as because everything's just instant right it's I, why do i want to read that that's a big book yeah like, <laughs> it's it kind of daunting sound, sounds like it would be a pretty interesting read um you know of course there's many reasons why we why we prune uh, but yeah just to kind of to go through that and get a a good generalization of of why we do it it'd be pretty beneficial yeah i might, actually, have, I might have to take a look at that uh, when derek's done with it Absolutely. No, he already said he's going to take a bunch of notes and do a few things and uh, and do a, like create a little bit of a, a booklet um, for the team down at Spruce It Up as well. Um, I got a quick caller here that has a pruning question, Mark. So actually, we're, we'll get Jim on the line as well. Uh, good morning, Jim. Oh, oh, actually, he left us. All right. Well, I don't want to go to Claudia quite yet. Uh, okay. Actually, Claudia left us as well. You scared everybody away with that rocky music, Mark. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're at for time here. We're okay. Um, so, what, what's the biggest reason? I guess someone says, "Hey, can you come look at my trees? I, I need to get some pruning done." Why, why, why would they call us? Or why, why are we gonna? Why do you need to prune your trees? Um, most of the time, uh, the calls. The reason why we're getting the calls is because. Something's really overgrown, uh, interfering with with house or garage, um, just just overgrown. And then the other is because something just doesn't look right with the tree. 
Um, I don't think you need to be a certified arborist to know if your tree is healthy or not. You can kind of just take a quick look at it and say, hey, that doesn't look right. And you'll walk down the street and see someone else's tree and it doesn't look like that. So you know something's up. Uh, and that's that's when you, you need to make that call. Um, just have us come out and uh, and do an assessment on it. And then we can steer you in the right direction, get, give you a good plan on on uh, getting it to where it needs to be and then getting you on a regular maintenance program because um, that's going to be your best way to keep your trees healthy and then kind of uh, keep your budget down is just doing something ongoing um, depending on species, uh, you know, a three-year rotation or a five five-year rotation on uh, some of your conifers if you're just doing deadwood, that sort of stuff. Yeah, because it's something that's if it's really quite severe, or and sometimes you, it's not good to do it all at once either, right? Like it, if you you can take too much off a tree and and cause it some shock, or you're just going to send it into send it out eight million water sprouts right after you do something like that. So and and I've in that you've brought that into the pruned up division is getting them on a plan where um, it's sort of a, a maintenance program for your trees because. Um, it, it is, it takes time. And if you get a good, healthy tree, it's going to sustain those winter snowstorms. It's going to sustain the wind. It's going to stand there nice and strong for you. And and where you see the problem is that where the trees are overgrown and planted in the wrong spot or, or whatever, that's typically where you start seeing issues with trees. Yeah, 100%. And then if you can kind of do things step by step um, rather than doing over aggressive like you were talking and, and just stressing out that tree. Yeah, I sent you a picture of one yesterday that was I seen on Instagram. A guy was cutting it in Calgary there and he they showed the before and after. I'm like, holy man, that thing's just gonna sucker like crazy and, and not in a good way. So it, it it is good to get a plan. And that that was one of the major things in the in the book. And I, obviously, I haven't read the whole thing. I'm just going through it with Derek last night. We're sitting there watching the hockey game, and and he's and he's, uh, he's throwing all these pruning questions at me, <laughs> seeing if I can answer any of them. I, I got a couple of them right, but um, so it, it's good. They like to test me, which is which is good. Keeps me on my toes. I've got another question here, Mark. Um, Good morning, Merle. I have several 25-year-old tower poplars that are dying off at the top 10, 15 feet. What can be done with something like that? Um, So that that sounds like canker. Um, So what's what's happening is your tree um, suffered some sort of wound um, and uh, canker is a fungus and it's that's gotten into the tree and your tree wants to protect itself. So it compartmentalizes and closes off uh, the tree from being able to uptake nutrients to that portion that it's fighting off. And sometimes it results in dead tops. So when, when that happens, what we have to do is just kind of speed up the, the sealing process of the wound and cut out the dead wood um, and allow that tree to, to kind of close off that wound and, and push nutrients to the healthy spot. So, yeah, you just got to get it cut out, um, and then kind of sometimes you have to shape in a new top just because it could have been that center leader, um, and then yeah, you just trim the sides to, to blend to match of that new top that we just cut in. Perfect. No, that makes sense, and uh, I like I like that one how you said it, like it compartmentalized where it dies off, so it'll shut off a section of itself 
um, and won't send energy there and and try to just heal itself that's kind of interesting how mm-hmm. how I, I haven't really heard it put that way so that's good i gotta take a break right now mark and then we'll just come back we'll answer a few more questions and talk a bit more about elms and a couple other uh pruning things going on and what people can do for their trees throughout the winter all right we're gonna take a quick break you're listening to let's talk gardening on qr calgary well as the the spruce trees or pine trees are we kind of call them the pigs of the of the of the yard. They take all the moisture. They take all the nutrients, <laughs> yeah, and right, and they yeah. try to recreate the the forest floor. And by dropping all their needles, they make it really prickly, so bugs don't want to go up into the spruce tree and oh, and see. eat away at the new growth. So it really doesn't right. change the acidity a whole lot. So I'd really look at adding more peat moss to the soil. And use a good acidic, like a 30-10-10. 30-10-10. Um, I'm going to write that yeah. down because all I bought was it was just uh, regular potting soil, eh? You know. Yeah, and it most of it has a good amount of peat in it. Okay. So, um, so I, I think definitely. Okay. Yeah, and... Yeah, and any of the either a little bit of lime would be good into that garden lime. Okay. Yeah. Any any experience with blueberries, Mark? Um, not a ton, to be honest with you. Um, but what you what what you were saying definitely makes sense. Um, I'd keep the the needles out and and add the peat moss and definitely fertilize. Okay, so basically then. So then basically I should take all the leaves off and pretend I'm just starting from like scratch with it. Yeah, the, the leaves are good in that. I just the needles and that you just don't want to put too much raw um um organic matter on there. It's good for winter time just to use it for winter cover. But if you okay. try and do your own compost and mix that, it actually takes all the nitrogen out of the soil because all, all right. the organic okay. matter needs nitrogen to decompose. And okay. so like if you put raw bark mulch or raw um, things on your on your soil, it actually steals the nutrients out of the soil. Oh, so, okay, yeah, because yeah. they even said to put uh, to put pine needles on it and then bark. Well, I just put like pine combs and the and the pine branches and then you know leaves on top of that. Yeah, I, I myself, I just find in Calgary, I think I would do more of more of a peat moss and then uh, like a mirror, like the some with the higher acidity, like the thirty ten ten, is a good fertilizer for those. Okay, and it's also one more thing. Uh, uh, sorry, Merle, it's also in a large, yeah. uh, like a large planter. It's not in the ground. Okay, and that even makes it a little bit tougher. Is that is, do you move it into the shadiest spot in your house for the winter? No, I was told I can leave it outside and just wrap yeah, it no. in burlap. No, 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 oh, no, no. Okay. No, you're going to create an oven in there. So that's kind of the worst things to do is have it in a planter and then wrap it. So the most people, when they wrap their plants, it's in Ontario and down east where they used to, well, we used to get acid rain. That was sort of the, that was the thing that was going to end the world back then, but now it's something else. But okay, I get you um, that. so that they used to have the acid rain, right? We don't hear about yeah, that so. anymore. The ozone anymore. That we, so. we we were able to live through that. So well, then bring um, it inside. Bring it inside yeah, then. And no, in you want to leave it outside, or okay. in a heat, unheated garage in the dark, cool corner, and just watered in good, and for winter, and then and put it there. But typically, they wrap them and to protect them from snowfall, like your evergreens and that. They'll wrap burlap around them. 
And okay. if you do it in Calgary, it tends to make more of an oven. We get our Chinooks, and if you have that little plant sitting out in the sun in a pot wrapped right. up in a blanket, you're okay. just creating like an oven. It's going to, yeah, if you sit out there in a pot by yourself wrapped in that thing, you're going to be out there sweating, right? Okay, well, so, it's outside now, and it gets um, half shade and uh, half sun, I guess, in the afternoon. It so gets if, you can, warm. Yeah, if you can move it into the shade, it'd be much better Thank up you. against the court like place watered in really good cover it with this um get some good peat moss or or even bark mulch like com composted bark mulch out of a bag type stuff not okay, the raw cool. right. and then just winter it in that way um okay, okay. yeah thank you thank you very much all right well, okay. hope that helps yeah all right thank thanks bye-bye yeah, isn't that like back east, Mark, that like you're from back there? Like a lot of times you'd see people wrap their cedars and wrap different plants. But a lot of it was just protect from the heavy snow. And they yeah. said it was this sort of from the closer to highways where they'd get the pollution and different things coming onto the plants. I just remember always reading that where we don't really typically get a lot of that heavy, heavy, wet snow that they would typically get down east. Yeah, it's uh, 100% more, more common there. And yeah, like it gets that wet snow, and then it just completely damages cedars and stuff like that. So yeah, there's there's definitely reasons for it. Um, but here, yeah, I think it's kind of that double-edged sword. If you if you over prepare and, and have it wrapped up, and we get a chinook coming in, then you know you create that oven and and start to to even cause more damage than than you would have. Yeah, if you want to pound three or four stakes in around a cedar, like further, like three or four feet away from your cedar and pound the stakes into the ground and then wrap like a wind protection around it where you're letting air flow and things like that, mm -hmm. I think that would be fine. But yeah. just to, to to totally wrap them tight, it's it's just not great for uh, for the plant itself, especially in Calgary and Red Deer. In Edmonton, they could probably do it. It stays a lot more frozen than we, we get those Chinooks, which we love, but it's very hard on the plant material. And we're going to take another break here real quick. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. All right. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Roel Coombs, and I'm here with Mark Trozo, and we're chalking trees and uh, more specific tree pruning. And uh, why to prune, what not to prune, and uh, trying to get your he trees nice and healthy. Because um, I think we try to save more trees. And then whenever I go, and I go around with you probably every two or three months, and uh, and I'll go to a couple of job sites with you. And some of the trees, I'm thinking, yeah, we should just remove that. And you're like, no, 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 we can save that. So you're more of a yeah. tree saver than me. So I, I appreciate that. You're not just, um, you're not just cutting them down. You're always looking to give the tree the best chance, which I, I think is great. So I, uh, I do appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely not a... looking, not looking for kill counts on on anything. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll save where we can save, and you know there is a there there. It does happen that uh, sometimes your tree gets to that point where it needs to go, and yeah. you know we'll we'll be honest with you on that. Um, but yeah, if we can save it, we're definitely going to do that. It's hard getting down a big tree. I know I moved into an older neighborhood, and 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 and, and these trees needed it. There are some of my neighbors. Um, two big 30 or 40 foot uh, spruce trees got removed from their front yards 
in just over the summer and it's it's just hard to see you see this great big 30 40 foot tree but it was right up against our house or up against the sidewalk and it just it, it's really hard for to, to live with it so sometimes mm-hmm. you do or or if they're just in danger or if it's just unhealthy as well um, that's, that's the reason why when i go there to do these consultations the first question when they tell me they want to remove it is i ask them the reason why and and you need to know that like if it's just because it's too big well there's things we can do like um there there's a better way sometimes um and sometimes when you know the the clients and result in what they're trying to achieve um sometimes you can do that without doing the removal well you can't you can't just put it back you say oops i accidentally cut that tree down and it's a 40 foot to spruce and and all of a sudden that's gone like that ain't easy to replace like that's uh, no and it's not gonna if you rejuvenate something or if it was a lilac or something it's gonna grow back in the next year you're gonna have it it'll be almost back to where it was spruce trees or some of these big poplars or things like that and it's a and it's a lot more money to 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 cut a tree out than it is to prune it properly um because to remove one of those big trees like what's a 30 40 foot spruce tree typically mark to remove it um probably in that seven to 850 ish range and then if you're going to do the stump it's an additional fee so you're you know you're 12 1300 all in something like that yeah no it's and so a lot of times if you get in the pruning things like that you can you can definitely do it for for a fair bit less money and uh and uh, create a fair favorable situation where you can live with your trees and and uh, i was fortunate enough to be able to do that with all the big spruce that i had in my yard we did i know we had the pruned up guys in and did a pretty major pruning cleaning up and and shaping mm-hmm. as, as they had been left for a while but now they're great they fit in great we planted underneath them and uh hopefully be able to live with them for a while the only thing is that they've been shedding into my eave trough so i've already done that once this year i got to go out there one more time <laughs> and get the eave troughs cleaned out because man the, the needles get full so um elm trees at this time of year mark um We'll, we'll touch on that right after the break. we got to take another quick break. This time of the hour, I always have to take a couple quick breaks. Um, but we'll come back. We're going to chat about elm trees because uh, the season of elm pruning has just opened up again a couple weeks ago. So we're, we'll chat about that and and why, why you can't prune in the summer and things like that. We're going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join us after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And you can give us a shout here. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And again, if you'd like to join us, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. Elm season, Mark, is just upon us. Um, I know you guys have a big push, and then you you pre-book a whole bunch of your clients that – are in the pruning queue for for just elm trees. So, why 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 does it have to be such a specific time if you have prune that you have elm trees for pruning? Um, it's kind of kind of funny story. I was chatting with uh, one of our new certified arborists uh, that started working with us uh, not not too long ago, and uh, he's from Ontario, and he was telling me that he's never climbed an elm tree that was live um, in Ontario. Most of them 
there's a, a few that are alive, but most of them are dead. And the city of Calgary has done a, a really good job on putting these pruning bands on elm trees, and you know most certified arborists really follow the rules. So by following the the pruning ban and and only pruning them from October 1st to April 1 um, while the tree is dormant. Um, so when you cut a tree, an elm tree, when, when it's in full leaf, it releases a pheromone which attracts bark beetles. And bark beetles uh, carry a fungus. And that fungus will attack the, the, conducted, the water conducting system of the, the elm tree and, and won't allow the tree to uptake water and then the tree dies, and then it spreads to the next one. So he, he came here, and uh, he he was all excited to climb live elm trees, but then he realized that they're all umbrella-shaped, and they're a lot more challenging than he thought. Um, but, yeah, we have a beautiful elm canopy here, and by following these rules, um, you know, we're doing a really good thing, and, and I, I think there's been some cases in Lethbridge, um, but for the most part, uh, Calgary's been pretty clear of it. Is that an Alberta ban, or is that... Or is, I, to be honest with you, I'm not too... I, I think it's... Yeah, I think it's Alberta, um, but I know the city of Calgary's been pretty strict with it uh, as long as I've been here, and that's been since 04, so... Yeah. No, it, so so and so that's the main reason. So that 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 actually explains it really good. Like it sort of creates that let's go of sort of a, an aroma of like a pheromone, and then uh, and then that'll attract the bug. So yeah, so we definitely want to keep that. And we do have some of my favorite drives are going up, sort of North Mount Drive. If you're up in uh, up in Brentwood or Dalhousie, some of those areas up there, Charleswood, and you're driving through. Um, the area, and you're driving underneath a tunnel, and you're just—it's so cool. Like, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, and you don't get that in a lot of areas in Calgary anymore. So it's just—it's pretty cool when you can drive through, and you just feel like you're in this tree tunnel. And uh, so if you if you get a chance, you have a bit of time, and even in the winter, but in the summertime, go through a few of those things. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, so, so what are you doing for most of the elm trees? Is it just thinning deadwood, or yep. what? We're doing doing deadwood, um, you know, structure pruning, so getting those crossing rubbing branches out um, and allowing for the, the tree to grow um, and not choke off another limb. And then, uh, you know, width reduction just because, you know, they get that big umbrella, uh, so we have to take it in so it's not overhanging people's houses and, and yards and uh, parking stalls, that sort of stuff. Yeah, and they are one. If they're not healthy, um, they're very susceptible for the heavy snow to to take a branch out. Mm -hmm. um, and they're one that I've seen quite a few um, ones that where they have to be bolted or or things that have a branch break. Some of the larger breaks where I've, I've seen them being bolted. Are they one tree that responds quite well to that? If you need to repair them, yeah. Yeah, they they definitely do, um, and that's you know part of the reason with the width reduction, so we can kind of prevent that. But uh, yeah, bolting and cabling is definitely something that you know we we do quite often with them, just because of the the droopy limbs. Yeah, but but if like you said, if you are creating a good healthy structure, you're not going to have to worry about 
um, bolting and cabling a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're able to uh, hold up their own, right, they can be out there and just flex their branches <laughs> and do their thing and uh, and hold up against that. Because um, we do get that heavy snow, and it's always sad to see um, those big branches break, which it, 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 you don't realize how much pressure because – even bigger guys, like me or whatever, I can hang off a branch and it doesn't break, but then it gets full of snow. You forget how much weight is on there, and it'll take some of those big branches that would be almost impossible for one of us just to snap. But the but the snow can it just takes it out like no no issue at all. So important yeah. for a tree to create that structure. We're gonna take one more quick break here for the for the main news, and we'll come back. We'll answer a few more texts and a couple calls. If you'd like to chat with myself or Mark about pruning, phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. All right, welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and it is 10 o'clock. It's already 6 degrees out there. Beautiful Sunday. <clears throat> After you finish listening to the show or while you're listening, get out and maybe get out to the yard, have a look around. If you notice a bunch of dead branches, hmm. either get your pruning saw out, maybe cut off a couple, or if you look it up, you say, hey, I probably shouldn't be up here doing this. Um, you can give Mark a call and he'll come by and have a look at your trees and get you set up for a, a pruned up consultation. Um, we do have a caller on the line who has a question about pruning. Um, we'll bring Kathy on the line. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Carl. I do have a quick question. We have a, a little over 20-year-old Wichita juniper. It's a okay. good seven, eight feet tall and just about as wide, when would be the best time to prune that? Because it's starting to, you know, go into our neighbor's yard and such, or should we even? Hey, Mark, what do you think on the Wichita Blue? Um, we we typically do it when it's a little bit cooler like this in the dormant season. So, yeah, that, between now and, and bud breaks, a uh, good time to do it. Okay. And we can just phone your store and book an appointment with Mark to come out and do it or have him assess it or yeah absolutely yeah, or or on the website um either one okay. you can call the store or on on our website and they have a I'll just click on the printed up page and then there's a little questionnaire it'll set up and goes direct to Mark's office and he can okay. get you set up on Perfect. that as well all right yeah, yeah it's, there's and it's in uh, what side of the house is it on just curious uh, on the east side on these side, yeah, yeah. There's um, there's been a good variety of some of the Wichita's a while ago because I see a few that are around town in some of the older areas that are in the seven, eight, ten, twelve feet high, and it's just uh, it, I, it seems a little harder to sometimes get them to take lately. So um, um, some of these older varieties were so good. I think they sometimes they play with the varieties too much. And uh, sometimes we have some good older ones that uh, I think they need to go back to some of the seed sources and uh, and reproduce them again and so, uh, get back to some of the old school. Right. Does it take a while for it to recover once you prune it? Like, we'd hate to lose it. <laughs> hey, Mark? Yeah, you, you just don't want to go too aggressive on it. Um, when, you, when you do prune them, just do a nice light trim. Um, yeah. And then you could always, uh, you know, get your next season's growth and kind of just stay on top of it uh, as the tree's growing. But don't go okay. too aggressive. Um, yeah, I could definitely shock it. 
I think we'll get a professional in to handle it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Thanks. very much. Thanks, Kathy. Yeah, Take now. care. Bye-bye. Okay. Yeah, with some of those, yeah, Mark, they don't really grow back, do they? Like the evergreens, like if you go in deep on a, if it's six feet wide or something, then all of a sudden you try to reduce it back to three feet, it's not going to fare very well, would it? No, definitely not. You got to, it has its limitations, um, as most trees do. So, yeah, just better to go on the lighter side, let the tree respond, and then kind of just stay on top of it doing that regular maintenance. Okay. Um, so for the winter time, when, when you do pruning, um, I guess some of the, the pros and cons of, uh, of doing it in the winters, uh, some of you can just see in the trees a little bit better, Mark. Yeah. It's easier to see the structure, um, trees like, uh, Schubert's and Maydays, you can spot the black knot easier, uh, trees, uh, will actually respond, uh, It'll be less stressful on the tree to to prune during dormancy, and then you could, uh, when you're doing your reductions, it, you can kind of see how much you can take off a little easier than than you know you're just trimming off new growth. So it definitely uh, has its perks, and uh, yeah, vis- visually it makes it way easier. Yeah, and just seeing the bark is good as well like if you're up in a tree you can see if there's any damage or discoloration mm-hmm. or some funguses a little bit easier because it is it takes a little bit more time when the tree is fully leafed out and i know i've told this story numerous times a lot of the tree nursery guys that i work with that grow trees for us always want me to come in the summer when they're fully leafed out and i said no no i like to look at this time of year when they've lost their leaves i like to look at the structure what kind of pruning was done mm-hmm. what does the bark look like and and you can just tell a lot more sometimes about how the health of a tree um, on doing your winter assessments as well. And yeah. obviously, we still do a lot of pruning in the summer. You can do it. It just takes a bit more. You have to get right up in there and and kind of look through. You have to put your x-ray goggles on, eh, Mark? You have to look through the leaves a bit more. Yeah, and, it's a bit uh, more challenging. Um, but I, I think that a lot of people don't know that, that you can – prune during dormancy when when the tree doesn't have its leaves so i think that's part of the reason why we get more calls during uh summer months when the trees are in full leaf plus you're spending more time in your yard when when trees are in full leaf so you know no uh, the branching is hitting you in the eyes when you're walking by the branch keeps hitting you in the head uh, when you're on the grass or or whatever and you can't see and you notice things a bit more um so absolutely and and I and I guess instead of necessarily looking at the bark in the winter time, we look at the foliage a lot more in the summer as well. It can tell you a lot mm-hmm. on what a tree is doing. You look at the the health of the leaves, if it's nice green structure or nice shiny bronze colors. Um, you don't see the. It's hard to tell if an aspen has bronze leaf disease in the winter time. So <laughs> there's certain certain aspects that you definitely look for when you're looking at a tree in the summertime and, and again when you're when you're looking at a tree in the winter and and that's why we've created like the full year-round pruning service i know a lot of the guys shut down the they park their trucks or park their pruners for the winter and they they shut it down and but we've we've been able to keep our crews going all year for the last seven eight nine years or more and uh and then you also do a lot of training. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more what you got going on with the team 
Uh, I think you're starting that next week, aren't you? Yeah, next next week. Uh, we're, they're actually doing a uh, five-day uh, course for pruning, uh, rigging, technical tree felling. Uh, this is through Arbor Canada. Um, they have uh, an old uh, an old instructor coming down who's been in the industry for a really long time, very well respected, and um, probably one of the best instructors um, in in Alberta. So he's coming in and and he's going to you know go through with our staff the reasons why we prune and the biology behind it. Um, you know. Most of our guys uh, that are new in, in the industry, they come in and, you know, we explain that stuff in the field but don't really have the opportunity to break it down and and give them that full understanding. So when we have these these times where there's a little bit uh, slower period, I guess, uh, it's it's a great opportunity for us to, to educate our staff and get them better. So we're going out and po- uh, providing, a, a you know, a very – thorough service for our clients because that's what we want that longevity of trees and um, education super important on that side no absolutely and uh and it, it is interesting because just getting the isa and it was funny like derek's instructor from olds college saying like sometimes just being isa isn't the be all the end all like if there's just, that's just sort of kind of the beginning like almost anybody not anybody, but if you have the hours and if you're really good at studying, um, you can challenge the ISA exams and things mm-hmm. like that. So it's doing all this extra training on the job training, um, working with your team, educating them throughout the whole process of of the tree health. And that's what being part of the garden center too, like right from when you plant it to to the time where you're, where you're grooming it for, for structure and that, trying to explain to them the whole life cycle of a tree. Um, so it was interesting what, uh, what his instructor talked about on that was just, yeah, ISA is great, but it, it isn't, there's, there's some, and we, and we've experienced it too. Sometimes this being ISA doesn't mean you're a great pruning guy. So we, it's a mm-hmm. very respected title, but it, it is like anything. It, it comes with years of training, updating it all the time and ensuring that you're staying in the field as well. Yeah, and that's the the good side of the of being ISA is that you have to earn CEUs to stay active or to pr- prove that you're staying active and you're continuing to learn. Um, this is one of those jobs that you don't become ISA and you don't learn anymore. There's uh, There's always new issues. There's always new pests. There's trees just act differently so you're constantly learning uh i'll go on consultation still and and come across things that uh, i haven't seen in a long time so it's it's good that way um that you're always learning absolutely and that's even doing the radio show i i get questions and it makes me think and dig into something and and to figure out why why is this person's tree doing this or or whatever i can do to answer it so it, it keeps me on on the ball as well and and getting a new teammate like like tom who's joined us like you said come from from ontario he brings a whole different wealth and all where our tree canopy is probably a third the size of what they have in back in ontario like even just the size of the trees like mm-hmm. the girth and some of the old growth 
trees that you see in, in some of the older areas in Ontario, um, our smaller tree canopy just doesn't compare in some of that size, but, but a different type of pruning, different type of trees. Um, and he brings that other kind of knowledge. Like he's a, he's a true climber. We have the bucket trucks, which, which is also great, but, um, I know he likes to, to jump up the tree whenever he can get a chance as well. Like the bucket's awesome, but mm -hmm. some of the guys still like to, to get up and climb. And, and if you're not doing that, you can cause a lot of damage as well. Can't you Mark? Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, it just, just, there's, it creates different challenges. Um, it's nice to have those, those skills that you can, you can get up in there and really inspect and, and do a really thorough job. And I, you know, Tom coming from bigger trees, he's kind of seen some different stuff coming to, you know, smaller to medium sized trees. So it's, uh, it's good to have, uh, experience with all of the large, small, medium, uh, yeah, it just, uh, you're always learning that's that's what's great about this job and this industry no absolutely all right we're going to take another quick break and then we're going to chat about feeding your your trees and 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 that and why is that important as well and if you'd like to call us with any questions um phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 you're listening to let's talk gardening on qr calgary Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, your year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And for everybody, if you had noticed, uh, my lovely daughter, Jaden, is uh, taking back over the commercial. So uh, she, did, she did a nice job on that. So and maybe people get tired of just Merle Merle all the time. So it's kinda, mm -hmm. so now we, we mix it up there. Jaden, we used to, she did them quite a bit when she was younger and she took a couple years off. So now she, uh, she's ready to jump back in and, uh, and, uh, do the commercial once again. So greatly appreciated. It looks, sounds great. And, uh, yeah, it's a season changing season at the garden center. Uh, your, your stays the same pretty much. You keep pruning year round and doing different things. Um, except in the springtime you add, uh, we add another service. We do the green it up lawn and the green it up uh, tree service. Um, where you're, where you're, we're deep root fertilizing, mm -hmm. um, your trees. And I know I'm, I'm not, I know I attest to say that it does work and be like, oh yeah, cause you, yeah, you're there, you own the company, but I wasn't as big a believer. Like I always looked after my trees and did a thing and, but, um, I had a house and then both the houses had, um, what are those willows? Those uh, laurel leaf willows planted in the back and they're the same size. And then you started, you said, Hey Merle, I'm going to go, I'm going to do the trees. So you did them the one mm -hmm. year and I seen a, all of a sudden took off the next year a bit more and then the third year is just like they were a third higher than the other trees that weren't fertilized and just healthier looking and mm -hmm. held their leaves a little bit longer like they were just uh i seen i seen the results of it working so um if you're going out and you're you're telling people that they need to fertilize their trees what's the main what's your what's your take on why and and when well, you, when you do that i think we touched a little bit um throughout this conversation today on why we sh we should do it because we we have chinooks that are really hard on trees and they cause uh, different issues uh whether they're they're fungus or pests or 
Um, so yeah, we. It's not to make your. I mean, uh, obviously, with doing root injections and fertilizing and feeding, your your trees do grow uh, a little bit quicker. But it's not to make them grow quicker. It's to make them grow healthier, make them appear fuller. Um, a healthier tree is more likely to to not have some of the the common issues that that we have here. Um, so it's it's always better to to be proactive and and do. Uh, do the root injections to to boost the health of the tree you know you're you're aerating the soil and allowing the fine fine roots yeah, that, that was one of the things so what do you mean by that like how do you mean aerating the soil because i always and when i heard that I, I i didn't really realize that but what do you how does it aerate the so, soil so uh when we do the root injections uh it, it's it's through a pressurized system so we we have a pump uh, that that shoots uh, our water soluble fertilizer under pressure, and we use a probe that's got four jets uh, on the tip. So when we when we inject it in, it's going in, you know, anywhere between nine and twelve inches, and then it blasts in four different directions. So it's breaking up soil compaction, just aerating it, fluffing it, exposing the fine roots from the tree, and then your your tree's able to take up uh, the product and and create. A, a, a healthier tree. Um, just, uh, there's okay. so many benefits for it. It's uh, yeah, you just you notice a huge difference. It does, you know, sometimes take a, a couple applications um, to do it, but um, you know, and then after you you have the service done and uh, the, the soil compaction is all broken up when you're watering. Your your tree's able to take up the moisture that it needs, and it's not just leaching through the the clay and just going down, and tree not taking anything up. Yeah, you open up the soil so down below. So when you do water afterwards, it's able to absorb. You're sort of creating like a sponge down there, a little mm -hmm. bit, opening up some air pockets down there. And I know we get a lot of calls and a lot of results. People say, "Hey, my trees are looking great," um, and and they just perform a little better. They're looking a lot better after after you do this we got a couple of callers on the on the line here we're just going to go to maria good morning maria good morning i have a cedar and amigo pine i've spoken about them to you before and i've been snow banking they're right up yep. against the house and right in front of my northwest facing living room window i don't want them to grow bigger necessarily but i want to know what can I do with the cedar just prune the dead that I can see and what exactly do I put on the earth beneath them and Mark if you wanted to sort of keep your cedar contained what's sort of the best way um, uh, really light trim don't go too aggressive on it because they do have that uh, dead wood once you kind of go uh, in a little bit deeper on it uh, like some of the ones that I had on my old property, what I like to do is just grab uh, my blower that I that I use, my leaf blower, and, and you can kind of just get in there and you can start to actually uh, blow out some of that internal uh, debris that's kind of just sitting in there. Um, sometimes just getting a, a pair of leather gloves and going in there and just kind of snapping out some of the dead branches, just keep the live um, 
and then yeah just do lots of deep watering and and fertilize and you you'll notice but yeah if you're going to trim just a nice light trim don't go too aggressive because you'll start to expose that internal dead exactly what do you mean by light um like this actually will this we'll touch on this right when we get back so we're just up against the hour here on so we'll just come back we'll take a quick break we'll put uh, maria back on hold here and we'll come back we'll finish um this answer on the cedar you're listening to let's talk gardening on qr calgary welcome back to let's talk gardening i'm Merle coombs and i'm here with mark trozo and we're going to go right to the phone line we're going to go back to maria um, so when you say just a little off the top, Mark, what do you mean? Um, just just taking new growth off from the pre- previous season. So, so is that like uh, two or three inches, something like that? Yeah, you, you could probably go a little bit more. Um, just kind of like put your hand in the in the cedar and just pull pull down a section, and you can see how much live green uh, foliage you have at the end, and then you can you can take that in about a third. Just don't go too too aggressive that you're going to see the the you know the internal deadwood. And I could do that in this season. You can absolutely. And the mugle, and, and I've learned from you folks to just cut, bend those candles, the new growth, and take them off. That's correct. Yes, absolutely. That's the best way to keep them. And if you need to take a big branch here or there, if one got away on you, that can be done. But most of the mugo pines can get uh, just snapping off the fingers, and uh, that's the best way. And it's almost, I find it quite soothing in the spring. If you just have a bit of a stressful day, you go out and just snapping those little fingers off. It actually feels pretty good. It's good therapy. So, <laughs> so minor in perfect shape. <laughs> no, no stress come on no thank you yeah. through the winter and this fall i dumped a bunch of leaves on the dirt that's underneath and between these two trees is that okay to have the leaves and then what do i put on top of those leaves in terms of mulch <clears throat> well I, I would just do basically bark mulch i would maybe remove the leaves and this you put those on after um, but if you want just a good garden mulch on top, like a bark mulch is great for cedars. It holds the moisture in around them and any of your junipers and things like that. Just put a good two or three inch layer of, of, of bark mulch and make sure it's the composted stuff, either the Foothills Premium that we have in bulk or the, the stuff that we'd have in bags. You don't want to put like a raw mulch that you'd get from a guy like Mark who's just looking to dump his... Uh, there's a load of chips somewhere easy <laughs> and then tells you to put them on your garden. You don't want to do that. And it's just because it will take all the, and it needs nitrogen to decompose. So you don't want to put raw chips and that on your, but it definitely, if you have the pre-composed or mulch, it's very beneficial and then watered in really good. And that just holds the moisture in for the winter time and keep those cedars nice and frozen throughout the winter. Okay. The birds all right in the cedar uh, absolutely no all the little birds like to go in there they they eat all the little seeds and things like that this time of year and right now all the birds are out just stocking up like crazy so it's, yeah. a, it's a great day to get out and see all the little chickadees and all that kind of stuff yeah all awesome right. thank you much. thanks bye-bye Bye. all right we're gonna go to lana good morning lana good morning Merle. I so enjoy your show. I listen to it going to church, but today I'm awesome. not at church. 
I moved into the Northern Hills uh, a couple of years ago, and I have a flowering co-child that has never been pruned, and the home was built in 1988. And the branches are quite long. Um, some of them are extending on to my neighbor's yard. And I am wanting to prune them because the berries are problematic in the fall as they as they fall. And the last two years uh, since I've moved in, I've used a power washer to get the berries out of the grass. And yeah. due to the restrictions this year, um, I now have an angry neighbor because I said that uh, I couldn't do it because of the water restrictions. So I'm thinking that perhaps it might be a good time to look at pruning it because it's so large. And I'm wondering, because there are some large branches extending onto the neighbor's yard and and because the tree is so big because it's never been pruned, what I can do... Um, so, so, Mark, so Lana has a big, uh, sounds like she has a flowering thunder child, mm -hmm. uh, crab apple. Um, what, what, what's the best uh, way to, to look at that? Um, give me a call or, or fill out a quote request. Uh, no, you, you don't want to over prune it, uh, just because it's never been pruned, for, uh, pruned before. Um, so just like a good assessment of going through and, and just maybe starting with getting dead wood out and then, um, you know, we can, you can do some, some width, uh, to get it back from your neighbors to be neighborly, but you don't want to go too aggressive and not make proper pruning cuts. That's why it's best like for the first time have, have us come out and, you know, we can get it to where it needs to be. And then if you feel confident after that, just doing, some light trimming to keep it back um that i would go that route just just because it's never been done before um you just don't want to go too too hard on it and then stress it out um so yeah it's just best uh for the first time just just have us out and then and like i said if you're feeling confident after that then then you can go for it uh, and then you'll you, you know you'll see how we we kind of do it and how we look at it and then it'll give you some ideas on uh on how you can do it moving forward. Okay, thank you. Um, could you tell yeah. me, do I just call Spruce It Up and ask for you? Yeah, or? you can just call that way or on the website, you can click on the Prune It Up tab and it'll take you to a little questionnaire to fill out your information and then um, Katie from the office will get in touch with you and set up an appointment for you. Super, thank you so much. Yeah, no, and those are beautiful trees. And, and like Mark's saying, though, there's probably lots of crisscrossing branching right now. And some of them that probably went a little wonky out the side. So a little reduction, a little thinning out, and you're going to have yourself a beautiful tree. Mm -hmm. thank, thank you so much. Uh, Thanks, it'll, Lana. It'll make, it'll make that hostile neighbor for those berries maybe speakable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Neighborly love is always the best. Oh, All right. God. Thanks, Lana. Thank Take care. You. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, yeah. We come across that. We we come across that a lot. Yeah, um, just trees overgrowing in the neighbors, and sometimes uh, you know the best thing is to to be as neighborly as possible. But you have to do it within limits, right? You don't want to go too hard on it, stress out the tree, but you you have to uh, try and accommodate as much as possible. 
No, absolutely, because uh, I know we've all been involved, like you and I, and we've had customers call and say, hey, neighbors, trees in my yard, just cut it off at the fence. But you can't really do that, though. Like, it's also, <laughs> like, there's uh, also laws, and, and, and we want to look at the health of the tree because you don't want to create some ugly side of the tree that the neighbor, now he's going to be mad that he's looking at um, just the dead side of a tree if it's not done oh, yeah. properly as well. So, um, absolutely Nice, get a good assessment, get those trees looked after. And if you do it on an ongoing basis when the tree is smaller too, it's it's a lot easier to control the structure of it so it doesn't get crazy on you. And mm-hmm. also, even when you first plant it, and I was just talking about the trees um, that were taken down in my neighborhood, it, it, they're also... Um, uh, somebody in the one yard planted another spruce like two feet away from the walkway and I just like I want to go say something but I'm just like okay Merle you just got to shut up and you don't have to be <laughs> that guy right but you kind of want to go help them and say hey that tree is planted it's still hey let's maybe move it in the spring um, give it some room to grow because it's it's almost right on top of the sidewalk and you know it's going to be nothing but a problem in years Down to come road. right yeah yeah, you see that in a lot of show homes where they they overplant it to make the yard look nice um, when they're trying to sell the house. <clears throat> but the guy who's going to buy that house and, and in 10 years, he has an overgrown forest up against the entranceway. And it's, uh, and it's hard to recover because then you're almost taking stuff out and then you're having to start over again. And yeah, so those, it's just, those trees are used to living as one. Like if you put in a bunch of them, like the columnar aspens, for example, if you put in a row of six and they're too close together, their their root system root root systems are all intertwined, and then they're too big. You have to r- remove a couple. Well, those trees were used to living in that group and protecting each other, so it just causes more stress. So, you know, proper planning when you're when you're in a newer property like that, it's you know, have somebody yeah. come in and, and give you an idea of what <laughs> what and how many you should put in instead of just putting in too many. Yeah, no, have a plan. A plan of planting is always the best way of doing it. That start out in the right foot and then go from there. We're going to take a quick break and we'll get back. We have another caller on the line and a couple of texts that we'll get to. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm with Mark Trozo, and he's the... What are you there, Mark? <laughs> I'm uh, an ISA certified arborist and uh, operations manager for Print It Up and the lead consulting arborist. Nice, nice. Yeah. And plus, whatever else needs to be done, mechanic, tow truck <laughs> driver. <laughs> Painter... Painter, yeah, <laughs> paint it up. We'll start that up now. That now that I know you're a good painter, I seen you painting yesterday. Well, I so I think I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> we'll put you. We'll put you in the training, painting training course, maybe. But <laughs> uh, no, we'll keep you in the trees. We'll keep you in the trees. Yeah, All right, that. let's. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Let's go to Jim. Good morning, Jim. Hello. Hey, Jim. How can we help you? Just a quick question. Um, I've got a couple lilac bushes that are getting a little unruly. I've kind of been getting conflicting information on when the best time to prune them is. Um, so, yeah, you would want to do them right after. Oh, sorry, my phone is echoing here. 
uh, so right after flowering, you enjoy them, then I would do uh, my trimming on them. So after they flower, like throughout kind of the late summer or late spring, really? Uh, late late fall, yeah. Okay. You mean, yeah, when they're just done blooming? Well, I've, I've read is... that if you prune them at an odd time, they're not going to flower because you've cut all the... Yeah, you want to do it just after they bloom in the spring, like late summer or, I mean, early summer, sort of. Depends when okay. they bloom, May or mm -hmm. late June. So right after they're done. Okay. That's all I need to know. Thanks, thanks for your help. Appreciate yeah, the show. And if, if they do get deadwood and every couple of years, like every maybe 10 years, um, sometimes they need to get rejuvenated where you just take them right down to the ground. If you keep them pruned all the time, you find you get a lot of deadwood in those. Yeah. You can just take them right down. Okay, sounds good. All right, take care. Thank you kindly. Bye-bye. Yep, bye-bye. Uh, hey, Mark, what else? Like rejuvenation is one, it's a thing we do quite a bit with shrubs. What what, what kind of shrubs can um, prosper best from rejuvenation? Catonia asters respond really well from rejuvenations. Uh, nine barks. Um, lilacs, of course, respond really well. Uh, I'm trying to think. Spireas. Spireas, yeah. Yeah, and really, you don't do that with any trees, though, do you? No, no, definitely not. No, okay. And I got a quick text here, and you've been out to Brian's place. Brian and Riva Las Vegas are good friends to the east. I know you've been out there doing some pruning. Um, he's just wondering, quick question. He has some 15, 5, 15. Is wondering if he can use that on the trees out here at Belly Acres before the big freeze. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a, uh, that's more of a spring fertilizer with those numbers, though, with the nitrogen and stuff like that. I think I would just wait till spring. Hey, Mark, on that at this time of year, it's not really good. Yeah, this much. time of year, I'd wait for spring now. Yeah, so I think I just that. And he has a shout-out to our veterans. He shared a picture of his poppy hat. Absolutely, wear your poppy proud. And uh, we wouldn't have the country have without those brave soldiers back in the day. So absolutely, remember on Remembrance Day. Let's go to Al. Good morning, Al. Morning, guys. Uh, morning. I got, a, I got a question. I guess, uh, Mark, you obviously assess uh, the trees when you do have a look at them. Now, I'm out here in Bright Creek, and I've got a, quite a number of uh, 40 to 60 plus foot trees. And two years ago, I had two come down. And one that was really solid, that uh, the biggest one, it came down over the house and took a bit of it, softened out. But it was solid all the way through. And the other one on the other side of the garage was relatively rotted in the center. And it mm -hmm. snapped off, took my power lines, ripped the electrical meter right off the wall, and my mm -hmm. telephone. So they, they come off separately or differently. But is there a way to assess? the trunks on those to predict whether they're hollow or solid. Yeah, so we can look for fruiting bodies on the trunk of the trees. Um, that's the sign of internal decay. 
Um, we can also kind of look through the canopy. It'll give us some signs that the tree's stressed out or declining. Um, maybe that second one that took out the, the power lines and stuff, it was a bit more exposed to weather or, um, yeah, maybe just stressed out for some other reason. It's hard yeah. to tell without seeing. Yeah, the, the the one that snapped off for many years, I mean, this thing's got to be 70-some-odd years old. Um, it was always curved, and I always thought it was going to fall the other way, but it snapped off and went the other way. <clears throat> it was kind of odd. but Yeah, no, I'd be happy to kind of take a look at the other ones and maybe put a plan together just to make sure this doesn't happen again. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, I'm on a third of an acre, so I have a fair amount of trees here. So. Yeah, you definitely want to keep them. Yeah, just give the store a shout, Mark, and see he should be able to come out and take a quick look for you and, uh, and give you an assessment of what's going on with your trees out there for sure. Okay, very good. All righty. Thank you. All right, thanks, Thank Al. You. All right, Bye. we're going to take our last break of the show. You're listening to... Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I think we're yeah we're done for the calls. We do have a couple um, quick texts, but I just want to touch base again on on any of the pruning for the winter time. So, is there certain trees that we do not prune in the winter, Mark? Yeah, we're not going to do our birch trees. And our maples, we're going to wait till those are in full leaf now. Okay, and why Why is that? So you're going into dormancy, your birch and, and maple are holding on to its moisture. And uh, as you make larger cuts, um, the tree will just start to, to drop, drip out that water and uh, chance of bleeding out. So... Um, you want to just wait till it's in full leaf so it, it can download into the root system and uh, be less stressful on the tree. Okay, and same with the maple because they'll yeah. they'll bleed as well, right? They they'll ooze out. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes if you make that bigger cut, it'll almost be like a tap is turned on. So yeah, just hold off now until uh, until it's uh, they're in full leaf. So it'll be better to do it then not take any chances unless you're harvesting your birch or maple and you're going to do some syrup and then you can cut, cut off a branch <laughs> and create like a tap and then you can save all that so i guess that's they probably harvest all that in the winter time wouldn't they i'm i don't know i'm not too sure on that i've never yeah. uh really looked into it yeah, they always seem to be in Quebec. You always see them eating it on snow, so it kind of makes sense. They make those uh, frozen maple, uh, those okay. frozen maple, whatever they're called, icicle things that yeah, they eat. <laughs> have you ever had birch syrup? I have tried it. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, I had one. It was okay. I think it was it was it was it was homemade by somebody, and it was a little bit raw. I think. <laughs> The best part was I think he had a shot of homemade rye with it. So I think I think it was just a combination of the both. I think after three or four, we were okay. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, to finish off the pruning, um, still oh, winter's a great time to prune from what you've been saying. Mm -hmm. um, 
um, good good time to get in and assess your trees, things like that, unless you have birch or maples. Um, anything that uh, you want to add, Mark, to to uh, why why people want to look at the trees to get any pruning done this winter? Wait times are going to be less. Um, it's easier to see the structure. Uh, yeah, and just yeah. overall, it's yeah, great. Get your trees nice and healthy. That way, in the spring, you can just. Um, have that full, enjoy your full growing season, yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Mark. Thanks for sharing part of your Sunday with us. No problem. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll be getting our garden on right here next week on QR Calgary.